How many of us have seen an opening in the market, had an idea for a new product, or identified a sector that was struggling and thought, I know what might help to solve this issue? Now think about how many of us have followed through on this idea, taken the plunge, pursued a dream or a passion, only for it to fail or perhaps to flourish. Welcome to Illumin Grammar Women, where we look at some of the fascinating stories and interesting achievements of Brisbane Girls Grammar School alumni. I'm Jacinda Isla, Principal of Brisbane Girls, and your host. Today I'm joined by Susanna George, a former Girls Grammar student who went on to found one of the largest independent media companies in Australia and New Zealand. You will have heard of it, The Urban List. After graduating in 1999, Susanna studied at QUT, moved to Paris and Los Angeles, where she fell in love with developing digital marketing strategies. After a move back to Brisbane in 2011, Susanna discovered that while there was no shortage of independent and local restaurants, bars, wonderful retailers, sometimes it wasn't easy to find them online. And as the daughter of a fourth generation entrepreneur, Susanna's entrepreneurial spirit kicked in and she created an online destination for people looking to support independent and neighbourhood driven businesses. I can remember using it myself, moving back to Brisbane. Within years, the Urban List became an independent media powerhouse, expanding along the east coast of Australia and into New Zealand. Her entrepreneurial efforts have seen her named Entrepreneur of the Year in the BNT Women in Media Awards. It's my pleasure today to welcome Susanna to Illumin. Welcome. Thanks, Jacinda. For those of us who perhaps aren't familiar with your media company, The Urban List, can you tell us about it, maybe the origins of it, and what niche does this platform fill for people and what areas of focus are you looking at? Urban List is a digital media platform and it's all about helping people to seek and share the good life. So we're giving recommendations that help people decide what they're going to buy and book and see and learn and do. And it's really important to us that we're able to customise that because of course the good life looks a little bit different for everybody. It launched from my bedroom in September 2011. And we've since grown to now be in a position where we're serving up 30,000 recommendations an hour, all on demand. Incredible. And the thing that I find just so inspiring for me as a founder is that I can really see this platform helping people to uncover what makes them happy. The local element and supporting independent business has been important. Why is that important to you and Urban List? Forgive me for being a little bit of a narcissist, but I'm going to take us back. It's all I've about gra- you today, Susanna. <laughs> so I've graduated from Brisbane Girls Grammar School. I've gone to university in Brisbane. And three months before graduating, I decided that I wanted to live in Paris. So I did move to Paris and then three years later moved to Los Angeles. And so I found myself twice in pretty quick succession living in very big cities without family and friends to call on to help me find my place. So it started really as a search to find my tribe. How do I feel that I connect Mm. to this city? And we all connect to cities through things that we love. At that time, I turned to the internet as a bit of an oracle, trying to navigate my way around these new cities. And what I found were just laundry lists of suggestions. Mm -hmm. It was very much the golden age of user-generated ratings and reviews. And I had absolutely no idea whether I had more in common with the five-star reviewer or the one. 
And all I wanted was this little black book, this curated guide to the city to help me find my place, to help me connect and how I could belong. And I thought if there was a gap for that in Los Angeles, quite possibly a gap for that everywhere. Equally, working in digital in the United States, I was comparing and contrasting what was happening there versus what was happening at home. And as you said, I'm a fifth generation entrepreneur, really acutely aware of the plight of small business mm -hmm. and how difficult it can be to grapple with emergent markets. I was looking at the deluge that was coming down the line in terms of digital transformation and quite concerned actually about how the high street might keep up, how mums and dads running incredible restaurants and retailers might keep pace with the transformation that was underway. I really, really didn't want to handhold mums and dads through setting up Facebook pages. <laughs> Whatever I did, I really wanted to make a difference but do it at scale. And so I came up with this idea that was all about curating the city so that I could attract like minds and then channel them out to the businesses that I loved. It's something we're all seeking in a world of information, just the overload, the deluge, and that concept of curating that you describe is, is very appealing. But it also sounds a little like there's an ideology starting to grow beneath that. Would you say that's true as younger generations are looking not only for individualisation, but also, I guess, a can-do ambition to support businesses that they feel align with their values? Is, is that a big part of that ideology? I think there's been a huge shift. So when I founded the company, I think we were entering this decade that was sort of peak optimization. It was very aspirational, highly individualized. If you think about the growth of monogram culture or the customization of your Nike IDs, it was a real cultural trend toward individualization. And I think we had a very hard reset recently mm. in the last couple of years and a hard reset toward understanding how we impact upon our communities, how our communities impact upon us, and a real shift towards supporting those local businesses that really are the lifeblood of our city's culture and what makes our city different to another. So I, I do think that there's a real ideological shift in terms of the way that we want to live now. I think that there's been a shift away from living our best lives that are very filtered for the feed toward a hunger for a much more meaningful existence. We've changed our language a lot, moving away from this idea of best life and your best life starts here, much more to lean toward seeking and sharing the good life. Mm. because we do think that it's very much about the company with whom you exist and how it is that you're creating the world that you want to see. You have described the evolution of, I guess, Urban List's purpose and brand over 10 years, but there must have been some challenges too. So I can only imagine how brave you probably had to be, perhaps incredibly bold and defy probably some fierce critics, which is always the lot of an entrepreneur. What sort of challenges have you faced? And most importantly, what were the pivotal lessons that you learned along the way over the last decade? I potentially didn't set this context when I was talking about the origin story, but to be clear, when I launched this platform, I had never done anything of relative consequence to this new world that I was walking into. I had, I was totally ill-equipped. I'd never hired someone, managed someone, sent an invoice, produced a budget, worked in advertising, worked in tech. I hadn't done any of the things that you would assume were prerequisites for starting a media company. And perhaps 
because of the never anything, never everythings, I was perfectly equipped to create a new business model. I had an opportunity to enter a space creating something new from a blank slate rather than necessarily being influenced by perceived knowledge. And I try to carry that pretty close to my heart even today. Every single day, I don't know if you're the same, but every single day I face all of those same fears of the early days, feeling that I have none of the skills, none of the know-how to do what it is that I need to do today. And it is very much about bravery. And in the early days, I had to act as if I was brave and develop that muscle continuing to act as if I was brave, I became brave and started to notice that I am brave. And by being brave, you do brave. Mm. So I think that's been one of the key learnings. It is all as complex and as easy as having the right team around you. I'm very confident that you would know that in your role as well. It took me probably a decade to properly understand that. And I'm very clear on what our team players look like now. They are humble, they are hungry, and they've got really good people smarts. I've found that to be so much more powerful than the technical competency. The humility means that they're far more geared toward the success of the team, the success of the whole, rather than individual achievement. The hunger keeps that in place, so you can't have humility without hunger. So they are driven, ambitious, believe that they can do more. And the people smarts, of course, make sure that they're really aware that their behaviours and their words have impact and that they impact upon everyone around them. And did you ever feel that you needed to give it away? Was there ever a point when you thought perhaps this wasn't going to work out? Or what what sort of advice would you have for people who are going through that, trying to imagine creating some idea and seeing it come to life? Were there times when you lost your confidence? Absolutely. And how did you get through that? And, And what sort of advice would you have for others in the same situation? So... Today we have 12 markets and an audience of about 3 million people. But if I reflect to early 2016, we had just launched into four new markets in four months. So we'd grown from having three markets to seven. Everybody in my world was telling me that it was absolutely flying. I was pregnant with our first child and I hit peak imposter syndrome, hit the wall incredibly hard and fast and lost all confidence in my ability to lead and grow the business. And the worst thing that happened was that whilst I thought it was an internal struggle and an internal crisis, everyone around me was reading it as a loss of confidence in them. And once that perception creeped in, it was very, very, very destructive to the business. It took me I'm going to say three, three and a half years to rebuild my own confidence. And it was all to do with my own mental health and well-being. I'd struggled a lot through my 20s and it all came back again. And it was through rebuilding my own confidence that I was able to instill the confidence of the team and therefore the performance of the team grew. And the best thing that happened to me as a leader was actually COVID. For a little bit of context, in March 2020, We lost a million dollars of bookings in three days. Mm. And as you might imagine, things got worse before they got better. March 2020 was just the tip of the iceberg. And I had a choice to make. And that was either to 
lean in and be the sort of leader that the business needed me to be or to send us to the wall. It could very easily have gone either way. Mm. And I learned that I am much better wartime CEO than peacetime. And I learned that I could trust myself and that what I am good at, which is people and communication and being able to connect dots was exactly what that business needed from me at that point. And I started to act as if I was brave and then I started to do brave and then we all collectively started to be brave. And I'm so, so grateful for having had that leadership experience of the last two years. It's been crippling for so many businesses and we've watched it firsthand through hospitality, of course, through the event sector, a business like ours that's so inherently linked to things to do and eat has been really at the forefront of witnessing some of that pain. But I'm so very grateful to have had the experience and to have been able to forge the connections through our team and through our communities and to do everything that we could to really further the cultural prosperity of our cities. And for me, that's made all of the difference in my own belief for myself as a leader. Susanna, you have just very openly shared your experience of leadership, the good, but also the challenge. Do you feel a responsibility to share uh, with others what it's like to lead a company such as yours and particularly as a young entrepreneur? I think it's a responsibility and more so I think it's an opportunity. I am so incredibly grateful for the mentorship that I've received over my career. I so enjoy connecting with and sharing stories with others and I learn so much from those that I'm apparently mentoring that I really really cherish. One of the things that I've learned from a mentor and she's actually the author of a book called The Worthy Leader is that almost everyone in a position of leadership questions whether they're worthy to have the role and responsibility that they've been granted And it's only by acknowledging that you are truly worthy of your post that you're able to do worthy work. So that's been something that my mentor taught me and is something that I really try to espouse with everybody that I speak to. I am actively trying to change my language to use words like the reason I am successful is. And it feels so forced for me still now. But I think it's really, really important that we start to acknowledge that we can in fact convey confidence. We can act as if we are confident in a bid to reassure everyone around us that it's okay to speak about success. It's okay to speak about struggle and that both can exist hand in hand and that is the paradox that actually makes up leadership. And if that leads into, I think you've already described what that sense of fulfilment could be and what is the reward that has come out of establishing Urban List and being the leader of that into this next era? The greatest reward for me is connection and camaraderie. It was 2021 and we were announced as Australia's media brand of the year. Incredible. And for an independent media company, it launched from my bedroom. Hearing us announced as one of the most influential voices in media in the country was nothing to do with the accolade and everything to do with the overwhelming swell of pride that I could see in the people that built that business. It didn't happen at a gala event. It happened as everything was at the time as part of a virtual conference. 
the team had self-organised to be in black tie on all of their individual little screens. Everybody had dialed in. They all had drink in hand. And when we were announced, I will never forget the faces of all of our team. There were tears. There was absolute elation. Some you could only see the middle part of their torso because they were literally jumping up and down. (laughs) And for me, that was the absolute pinnacle of what it is that we've been trying to do and achieve. A team that could feel so united, even though they hadn't ever, most of them, met face to face. And so what's next, Susanna, for Urban List? What are you planning? What are you hoping to accomplish in 2022? We're launching into a new market and it's the first time that that has happened for a few years. And it's actually the first time that we're launching into an Asian market. Mm. So um, it signals pretty significant expansion aspirations from us. It will be a year filled with celebration. We really do want to celebrate the fact that we have turned 10, that in our 10th year we were named Australian Media Brand of the Year and we really wanted to do all we can to thank the community that's made that possible for us. So much, much celebration. And it's my goal that we're able to bring our team together again. We're based across our 12 markets. Many of our team have never met face-to-face and so we're gearing up for Camp UL which has been in the works for about 12 months been moved three times and it will be a huge celebration of everything that goes into making it possible for millions and millions of people around the world to seek and share the good life in good company. And on that note how would you share that with the future I guess entrepreneurs that might be listening particularly to the young women of Girls Grammar you were one I'm sure it seems just yesterday that you were looking out onto the horizon of your career when they're thinking about their place in the world they might be nervous about starting out trying something new what sort of advice would you have to share with them? To begin with, I adore that we're having a conversation around entrepreneurship in the context of high school. I think that is such a privilege for these girls to be aware that they can create their own dream. So I I find that really inspiring to begin with. I've taken on a bit of a tangent. What would I say? I would let everybody know that everybody has imposter syndrome, but only some people let it paralyze them and let it stop them from doing what is theirs to be done. I'm not assuming that everybody knows what imposter syndrome is. It's quite simply that concept where your view of your skills and your capabilities, you think it fits in the size of a 20-set piece. Everyone around you thinks that you're only scratching the surface of your potential and that your potential could fill the ocean and you live in perpetual fear that you're about to be found out. Don't let that fear paralyse you. Everybody feels that way, but only some people let it block their way. Susanna, a beautiful end to our conversation. Susanna George, founder and leader of Urban List, a platform that helps us to, as you say so beautifully, seek and share the good life. Thank you for speaking with us on Illumin today. You have been listening to Illumin, a podcast by Brisbane Girls Grammar School. Music for this podcast was written and performed by Year 12 student Alicia Singh. To ensure you never miss an episode of Illumin, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And to learn more about the school, visit the website at www.bggs.qld.edu.au.